What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into today's podcast, I'd love for you guys to check out my band, Run With It. It's at Run With It Band, at Run With It Band, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, all the places you follow people at. Uh, make sure you stream our EP that just got re-released. It's out on all the streaming platforms. Uh, you can go to runwithitband.net to check things out as well. On today's episode, we have Will Mackey. Will is a designer, illustrator, and musician based in the Kansas City area. Since 2020, he is the owner of W. Mackey Creative Varium, a graphic design, illustration, and creative branding studio offering a unique creative approach that is authentic and strategic. Throughout his almost 20-year career, he has worked on everything from identity design and full brand development, websites, and apps, to stylized illustrated campaigns, animation, a children's book, as well as visually amplify multiple music and event promotional materials. He is also in the band The Atomic 50s. In today's episode, Will shares the story of how a teacher saying he couldn't make money in the arts propelled him into a successful career creating for a living. He also unpacks some of the tools he uses to stay creative while running a business in the creative world. We talk about the power of authentic branding and a whole lot more. It's a great episode. Enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. good but that's we're, we're kind of in the business of, of making shit up right is yeah like we just yep. we're making something out of nothing and yep. <laughs> and it seems yep. like you've been doing that for a good while in a whole bunch of different mediums right that's right i've been doing that in in visually mostly but but it kind of extends into doing music as well but but um a lot of it right now is visual now did it start in the visual world for you or did yeah, it, I would say it, it probably did. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think a lot similar to a lot of other artists and people in the arts. Um, I drew at a young age. Um, it was kind of noticed by my parents and peers. And there's like, oh, okay. So you kind of like to do art. Um, but really, I didn't know what it would, you know, where it would take me or what it would what it what it what uh, kind of career it'd be? I didn't really think about that, but I knew it was something that I was good at. That's um, cool. So I did that a lot, a lot, a lot through my life um, before I started going professional with it. So for you, yeah. like obviously your parents, it seemed like they they fanned that flame. They weren't against the artistic. They weren't line. against it. They neither of them were artists. I think I came out of the shell. Uh, a little different um, than the rest of the family. There wasn't really anybody in the family that was known as being an artist. Maybe my maybe my grandmother. Um, she went to the Chicago Art Institute for a really? for a brief time. Um, she kind of did photography, so she kind of maybe had that, but she didn't really pursue that as a major career. Right. Um, so I was kind of the one that that kind of got that that. Um, talent or inspiration to do that um so they weren't against it they weren't for it they didn't know where to where it would really take me i mean they were supportive of it they they took me you know when i was young i went to adult um art art uh art lessons and um things like that um i was really into comic books for a stint i learned i learned how to draw through that too nice um, making your own comics yeah, I would I would make my own comics. Um, friends of mine, we would get together and make our own comics. We do video games. I mean, video games was nice. You know, it was just Sega Genesis then, but and it was way before what uh, is now. Sega Genesis. But, you know, yeah. we were we were constantly thinking about like what would be a really cool game. How can we make these games really cool? And um, so I would you know think up those things. A lot of drawing around that, but um, again, I didn't really know. Like, I didn't really know what design was. I didn't uh -huh. really, you know, I had, I had a high school teacher that was kind of like, because I kind of expressed wanting to go into the art, do something with art. And um, she was like a business teacher. And I didn't, I didn't do some sort of internship or some kind of a thing that was required for the class. And she was, she realized that I wanted to do art stuff. And she's like, well, you know, you can't really make any money in that. I would think about doing something else. And I was like, that, 
that doesn't sound right because what are all these like you know billboards and advertising and all this other stuff going on there must be yeah, it seems like our entire world is surrounded by art but people want to say you yeah. can't make money i i and i love it because you own your own business in this making a living and here you are saying yeah my teacher said i couldn't make any money yeah i always remember that that i always <laughs> use that as kind of a fuel going well look at where i'm at now so right that's amazing. Um, so, so going through high school, was it towards the end of high school, you realize like, you know, like you said, you're looking around the billboards, you're seeing the opportunities around you. Did that propel you to study it in college or was it later still um, that you found? Like, yeah, I don't know. I still wasn't really sure. There was a, there was a brief time I wanted to go through the air force. Um, this was after, after watching Top Gun. Everybody oh, wanted course. to go to the Air Force after Top Hell Gun. yeah. Um, but then, you know, I didn't have great vision. And, there, and somebody told me, oh, well, you won't be able to be able to pilot. And I was like, well, okay, forget that. Um, that sounds lame, then. The Air Force, unless <laughs> I'm going to be a pilot. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I, for a brief time, I was thinking, considering law enforcement or military. I was about to go to the Marines. Um, and were you from a then, military family? Is that... It no. seems like the I, I mean, my grandparents, my grandfather was in military, uh, World War II. Um, there was some connection to that. My brother went through uh, military. He was in Iraq um, for a brief time back then. And then a um, couple aunts and uncles. Um, okay. But I didn't really know what, what to do or really if ours was a career or what. Um, right. So I thought about that, but then there was a certain point that in between that, I was there. Friends and family were like, well, why don't you just go to JUCO, get some design in there and, and see, you know, I think you'd probably be, maybe that's what you want to do. And that was when I was kind of discovering like, oh, okay, well maybe, maybe that's a path to go to. Mm -hmm. um, and then I learned about the Kansas City Art Institute and thought, um, okay, I'll pursue it and go serious and go up to Kansas City and go to the Art Institute and um, just pursue that. Now, what was it like for you stepping foot into the Kansas City Art Institute? Because obviously you're well, coming from this world where people didn't either didn't know what to do with it or even actively discouraging you. What, what, was, what was that like for you to step into that world? Um, that, if I can remember right, that was, that was like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, this is this is where it's going to be, and and it was like very eye opening, um, as far as like design was. Like even then, like some of the peers and students were like, kind of. I I felt like they were kind of ahead of me as far as like what design was and what it can do. And I was just like, oh, this is it. Topography. Um, you know, I knew color theory and all that, and and I could draw and do all that. But there was a lot more um, eye opening. Um, things with the art institute and being in kansas city there's a lot more opportunity that i was aware of um of that art world or design world nice where were you originally hutchinson kansas oh hutch okay nice <laughs> uh the cosmosphere hutch. out there cosmosphere state fair <laughs> we yep. used to go uh field trip damn near every year uh i grew up in junction city kansas and uh okay. we used to go to the cosmosphere like every year we actually just took our kids there uh a few years back yeah. which was pretty cool and then the salt mines thing oh yeah the salt mines you know i was like, never even been down but yeah it's really yeah. interesting i was blown away like all the they store so many of like hollywood movies they and do, original yeah. reels and I was like, damn, just right here in Hutchison, Kansas. So, but not necessarily yep. an art Mecca, uh, per se. <laughs> not really, not really. I mean, even when I was going to the Juco down there and studying design and stuff and after getting out after only two years, getting out of Juco, um, I was, I didn't really see a lot of opportunity there either as far right. as you know, making a career in that. I mean, maybe there's the newspaper. I worked at the Hutch news for a little bit, um, doing graphics for them. Um, but otherwise there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity unless you left out into Kansas City or maybe Wichita, um, but you know, Kansas City. So it now, seemed like a good place to go up there. 
Now, in the the art institute itself, were there any particular uh, professors or mentors that stepped alongside you that kept fanning the flame to to get you to honestly where you're at today? Um, I don't know. There might been there might have been one, you know, one or two of them. Um, there was one particular uh, Steve Mays, and I think he's still there. Um, but and he was there for a long time when I started. But um, he, there is something about one of his assignments that um, really helps me, I think. And that was to kind of use the tools that you have to make something new and not thought of. Hmm. So, you know, I think there's sometimes a lot of emphasis on like, I got to get the, the, the most up-to-date um, most up-to-date apps, the, you know, the newest computer, the newest this and that. And um, that doesn't really make you more creative. Mm -hmm. It um, it might stifle it a little bit because you're kind of relying on what you know about those technologies. But in this particular assignment, it was like he gave us a bag of just stuff. It was just like junk, really. And we had to use that. We had three hours to do an illustration um, to uh, about, I think it was an emotion. And we had three hours to come up with that using only the stuff that was in this bag. Hmm. So we can use that as, use those as brushes, use those as part of the illustration, use it as any kind of way. Um, And I think that kind of set the rest of the way that I think about creating yeah, that sounds like such a powerful exercise. That how did so how you think about creativity? What are some of the things that that came out of that? Like tenets or um, what what would they call them maxims or something uh, that created for you? Um, what do you mean by that? Like Matt? So you, you were saying how it how it affected your how you approach creativity i don't know like if you had to write out a list in, in a way like yeah like it it taught me this thing about creativity or it inspires me to to move forward in this way in creativity i don't know if that clears it up or not <laughs> i'm not sure but i think i think I, I think i get where you're kind of going i mean when when i think about this particular assignment it was really about um not being afraid to try things mm. And not being caught up in perfection, which is very hard. Yes. I mean, it, it's definitely a challenge for me, even, even back then. I mean, that was a very loose, and that kind of opened up my eyes and my mind to like not get so caught up in being perfect. But then even throughout my career, there is still that struggle of, of it's got to be perfect, pixel perfect. Like right. Half the things people aren't even going to see. But it, I mean, is it really going to help with the the communication that's immediate? But um, uh, that particular assignment reminds me, like I try to, I, you know, it reminds me every once in a while, you know, when I started getting caught up in, in trying to be perfect about something, about what is important, yeah. really. Well, and that's, yeah. I've been kicked out of a studio lovingly one time because the producer finally just said, listen, the changes you're making aren't even audible. He's like, scientifically speaking, you cannot hear the differences. Miguel go home. (laughs) Cause it's, it's like, yeah, we, as an artist, sometimes you just get so wrapped up and, and and to your point of like having all the extra things, you know, there was a producer I worked with uh, where he, I mean, he had a lot of top line stuff and, but he said, he was like, listen, anyone getting started he's like if you can't get a good sound out of a $300 mic you have no business buying a $3000 mic like you have to learn the actual skills and tools to 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 make real good art and then the other stuff almost becomes the icing on the cake and sounds like yeah. the visual world can be the same way and i'm sure you've experienced that in the music world as well yeah <laughs> which i yeah, i look forward to talking a little bit too but yeah yeah, but yeah, definitely in the in the visual world. Um, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, that's it's a it's an interesting thing because it's I think I get I see a lot of people get wrapped up in that 
Like they have to have the right gear, the perfect gear, the perfect guitar mm-hmm. or the perfect, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. One day when I have this camera, I'll be able to do uh, a good video when in reality, actually, uh, Daniel Cole did a video yesterday that we put out and someone was like, someone like messaged me or something. They're like, who filmed that? I was like, oh, that was Daniel with his iPhone. He was just making something <laughs> happen, you know, just kind of that nuance of the moment. Now in this, this journey for you, right, it's coming out of the Kansas City Institute and having a career, uh, look like jumping into several different companies. Where along yeah. the lines did you, did you have that, that idea like I want to go out on my own to create my own um I always kind of did when you know when I was in the art at the art institute you know I was I was doing design and then half of my time there I jumped over to illustration um I felt like having design design knowledge along with illustration really you know boost up that idea but I think telling stories through illustration was always like a big passion as well for me um and for a kind little bit of comic book time, days almost. Yeah, the comic book days. I mean, for a little bit of time, I was wanting, I kind of envisioned like, oh, I'm going to go to Disney. I'm going to work at Disney. I'm going to, you know, maybe DreamWorks. I don't know. But I just kind of had this thought that, oh, yeah, you know, um, doing character design and, and story design like that would, would, um, would be where I was going to go. Um, when I got out of the art institute, that was like, 2002 so it was just you know a little bit after 9 11 hmm. um the economy was a little poor right. um in that regard and i think i know i think at that time even disney shut down some of their studios um particularly i think because 3d design 3d animation was coming in but um i wasn't you know, I was going around to different ad agencies and they're like, oh, you got some great, I had, I, at the time I had more illustration than I had design stuff. And they're like, well, you know, um, illustration's kind of dead. Uh, we don't really look for this. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, you're going to need to like get some, if you get more stuff in, in your design stuff and your design part of the portfolio, you know, let's talk, but you know, you got a lot of illustration here and we don't need that. Um, so (laughs) I was having trouble finding places. Right. And at that time, um, flash was kind of a thing of building sites, building websites in flash. And there was animation involved in that. And I was like, okay, well, let me get a hand at this. So out of school, I started learning flash to find my way into doing more web stuff and digital stuff, which found my way into ad agencies, um, in the Kansas city area. So a lot of my, his, a lot of my experiences is in more of the digital realm um, of, of design. Um, I That's did a, get to do illustration throughout that, but eventually. But it was a whole yeah. new skill set you had to teach yourself even after. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. I mean, even between that, I was trying to do, I was trying to do, I was trying to freelance, trying to go on my own. And only because I just wasn't finding the work yet. And I was like, well. Just out of I'll necessity. try to find my way to do that. Um, and then eventually landed into agencies and experience like that, more advertising. Really. And then in that, like in the corporate world, and I know like for me, uh, myself, I've, I've had some more like what people would call stable jobs or I have the, you know, 401k matching and the healthcare and all that. And then stepping out to be self-employed can be kind of like, what, what the hell am I doing? But I, I knew mm-hmm. I had to go that direction. Uh, for you, what was, what was that process like to step out on your own? Um, well, and to step out of that safer was, world, I guess. To step out from agency. Yeah. From that safer <laughs> world. Um, and maybe I'm, scary. and yeah. I apologize if I'm assuming, I'm assuming the corporate world, uh, even in the ad agency would be a little more safe than like the entrepreneurial world. But if, if that's wrong too, let me know. I'm, I'm kind of ignorant. No, I think the there is, there is a, um, there is an idea. There is a thinking on that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, I think it's, I think it's somewhat of an illusion, but I mean, when you're, when I, when I jumped out, actually I was kind of kicked out to be honest. I mean, I was just laid off in 2019 um, from one of the agencies of that for a long time. Um, which then 
I started picking up through other network networking and connections like, hey, you do you want to do a little bit of freelance here? Do you want to do this? Um, I always wanted to do freelance, but while you're in the agency, it's safe. You kind of feel like, oh, that's too, that's too risky. I can't risk that. I have a family. I have, you know, I, I can't risk that. Um, I feel comfortable. I, you know, I know people here. I don't have to think about these extra stuff. I just got to design. Um, right. But um, jump. So I left after leaving there in like 2019, I was picking up some things. Then 2020 comes. So as a lot of people and their stories of 2020 came, you know, with COVID and all that, um, it just kind of started forcing me to, I guess, uh, learn and evolve a little bit more um, in a world that, like, jumping head first into the pool instead of well not on the on, on the deep end on the shallow end but i mean being um, yeah that doesn't work out too well that wasn't on the, the, on the shallow end <laughs> i love it but i mean instead of tiptoeing into the cold water just jumping in and um that definitely was a it was it was pretty heavy mentally because I mean you're not really ready for it. You just kind of have to do it, and you had to learn along the way. I had to learn along the way. I had to, you know, I went to um, business like uh, groups. I, I listened to podcasts and just tried to soak in as much information as I could um, to learn the best way that I'm going to have to do this. And it was kind of a sink or swim situation too, because right. I mean even in 2020. It was like, okay, it seems like me looking for work as a, as, as my, on my own path is almost the same as looking for work full time. Like mm -hmm. I had to do the same things right. to convince interviews or convince um, doing a little bit of work or trying to jump in as freelance or um, it seemed it seemed the same to me. So I was like, the same amount of effort was was put into it. That so makes a lot like, of sense. That's an interesting connection to it. So like I was like, well, it's it's either or, um, and it, it and honestly, it did take me a little while to go like, okay, well, I'm just gonna like try to do that same process of getting freelance work. But if I get an opportunity to full time, I'm gonna go for that too. So I'm gonna like do both. Right. Thing that I learned is you can't really do both. You kind of have to do one or the other. What and being, what helped you, I guess, acknowledge that? What what was it that opened your eyes to that? Um, learning how much work it took for me to. I don't know. It's kind of like the amount of work that that I did to go into doing my own thing. I didn't want that to be take like done in vain. I guess. Right. You know, it's kind of like I'm going to almost kind of betray myself by going, nope, I'm I'm going to go just do full time. Now, at the same time, don't get me wrong. If there was like a really cool opportunity that came from a certain <laughs> brand right. that was like, I'd be like, oh, that's a dream brand. Like, OK, I will go there full time. I'll come back to the other thing, but I will do this. Um, You're like, I won't betray happens, it. We're just going to open it. I'm open to opportunity. <laughs> right. That's yeah. Funny. So, yeah, that's yeah. an interesting connection, too, because um, <clears throat> it's funny because when I left uh, the band world, I had ended the band a while back, a few years back. And even though we're now up and rocking again, um, and I decided I was going to give up on music and I was going to go use all my skills I've learned along the way to join the corporate world and find that safe job kind of thing again. And starting that process, it, it, it did seem like all of a sudden I was like, now I'm having to do all sorts of other things that feel like me doing my own business. But now I'm just trying to convince somebody else to hire me and give me the salary and give me <laughs> all of those things. Uh -huh. um, and yeah. one thing that, that stuck out to me, uh, just looking through your LinkedIn, looking through your bio as well as like the work that you're doing with brand development, not just uh, design, but 
the whole story, which even hearing you mm -hmm. unpack like the illustration uh, focus and like even the comic book, uh, you know, thing from w even when you're younger, um, where did this, where, where did that idea of helping people craft their brands and craft their identities, where did that start boiling up for you and coming to fruition? Um, <clears throat> I think it came from the idea that I wanted to be somebody that brought more value to a project, not just being an order taker, you know, um, I wanted to be there to, you know, if somebody's going to pay money in exchange for my services that um, I felt like it would be more beneficial for me to really collaborate with them, almost partner with them to get them to where they want to be versus just kind of going, Oh, you, you want that blue. Okay. Here's a, blue. here's blue, not being their mouse. Like I don't want to be their computer. Right. You know, I, I just think there's more value. In that. So going back to them and asking them questions like, <laughs> where do you want to go to where maybe you would be having the conversation of, are you sure you want to do that? Like I can do that for you, but you told me your goals are, are this let's let's, sh are you guiding them in a, a way like that? Yeah, that's what that's what um, ultimately is the plan. So you know, I mean, when I do when I do projects, I bring I bring the client along in in different stages. You know, sometimes there's the stage of like, who are you and why are you doing what you're doing? Who's your audience? Let's get that all figured. You know, let's get let's get some kind of foundation for that. So right. that and that foundation is going to help all these visuals come to life and the client's going to come along with it. We're all going to be on the same page. And um, then when we get to the end result, it's not like I'm mind reading, you know, I'm not trying to like throw a bunch of things at the wall and go, do you like that? Do you like this? Do you like that? <laughs> it just never, it's never worked that way at all. And it's just become a complete headache. Huh. And um, I think doing it that way is, is brings a lot better results. Um, it opens up more inspiration for things. It, it allows the brand to kind of evolve from this, you know, a good foundation. Right. Um, it just makes brands better. That's awesome, man. And I, I love whenever I get the chance to work uh, in, cause you know, in Lena Band, it, you work with all different folks uh, in different mediums. And I love when people are like, they, they come back like that. Like, yeah, I could do that, but you told me this is what you want to see. And this is the story. So maybe if we did this and it's like, Oh, they bring a whole new perspective to the game that drives the brand. And I'd, brand is such a exciting thing to me. Like even hearing you talk about like, you know, asking the wise, asking who they are and guiding them. I, like to me, I feel like the most important things in business in general is your product. You know, like for me, it's, it's music. Uh, but, the product itself has to be kick-ass, but then the brand, that's the, to me, that's like the second, if not on equal importance of the brand. But I, I don't mean like brand, I think brand is misunderstood by some people. Like it's like this sheen uh, where when I think of brand, even I hear you talking about it, it's like, this is who we authentically are. And this is our story. And this is how this story is going to connect with you. This is the look, the feel, the vibe, the person. Um, I know the, just brand is such an exciting <laughs> topic to me. Yeah. It's a very uh, do, broad topic too. do you find that clients, uh, well, and I'm trying to formulate the question. Do you feel like you have to educate clients sometimes on even what a brand actually, or what a brand could be as opposed to what they think it is? Yeah. That's always, um, you kind of, you kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, for example, I think, you know, a brand is as important as a logo is and a good logo as important that as that is, it's not your brand. Yeah. It's, it's just so really the signature on it, but what really what a brand is, is, is I think I heard somebody say it kind of like, it's like what people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm. Right. So it's like, I like that. That's the sentence. Sometimes they, people can't really put a finger on it, 
why you know they like a brand or or why it resonates with them but um it's it's more than it's even more than the visual of things when you when you say brand or branding it's more than the visual it's like you know how how you treat your customers how you you know how you how you bring the audience in a, a way of like empowering the audience, um, making them feel a part of that story or, or feeling like, you know, they get a shirt with that brand on, they feel like yeah, I'm a part of this team and part of this thing. Um, I think that's the ultimate um, goal of a brand to get to, um, to have that kind of thing. But, but that even goes beyond like even, visuals like even those are all important but it all just kind of combines together like a person's personality you know absolutely yeah i yeah it it is it, it can be i should say uh such an all-encompassing thing in um that's and sometimes i wish there was almost a different word to use than brand because i feel like it is misunderstood sometimes <laughs> yeah it is like i mean when i'm trying to think of like okay well i'm an i'm an illustrator i'm a graphic designer and i'm a brander i don't it right. sounds weird I, but i'm i brand i i i i do branding but i think it's this more strategic way of visual is what i'm probably what my focus is like the strategy behind like why do you want it to be blue or why should it be purple? I know your favorite color is yellow, but <laughs> is it right for this brand? Right. I know your, you know, your cousin's uncle's niece uh, <laughs> draws really well, but are they going to know how to really make your brand go where you want to be? Like, I feel like, you know, when I'm working with clients, I'm partnering with them to help them reach their potential and, Right. To allow them to, to have that, those tools to get to their dreams, to their, to their, you know, results. Um, what are some questions that you, if you don't mind sharing, um, what are some questions you use with clients to help lift them out of themselves, um, and see like the bigger picture. I'm sorry that, and that's, as we talk about brand, that's actually probably a, a poor way to phrase that question because <laughs> you, you want yourself as part of it, but maybe yeah. help blow it up for them to see like a bigger perspective of what the story can be. What, are there any particular go-to questions for you that help open um, people's eyes? Yeah. Like who's their audience? Audience is a big thing because really like when it comes to who they are as a brand is kind of a combination of who they are as a personality and want to be seen as and who their audience is. And it kind of combines into that circle thing. And that center bit is kind of where they want to be. And I guess, I think I really tried to figure out the audience and what, what, what the, the brand's goal is to have a call to action for the audience. Like what do they want? What do they want them to do? Right. What is important? What is, you know, I think the audience plays a, a big, can play a big role. I, I guess I can think of some examples to where it's kind of like, you know, like, well, like bands or any kind of thing, like, you know, artists like that. It's like you kind of find your audience, you kind of make who you are, you uh, put out what you what you do when you are, and you'll find your audience. Um, I know that kind of maybe opened up a different kind of direction as to like guiding, guiding the, the client. Um, but right. um, audience, I think is important. You know? Well, and I, I think a band and even a business, I think sometimes they have a, a concept of what they think their audience might be, but then the reality ends up sometimes being a little different and they're like, Oh, uh -huh. like if, if they're willing to listen and, and find yeah. out. You yeah. know, and that's always, that's always a fascinating thing, a fascinating journey, uh, with the yeah. whole branding thing, uh, for you in the midst of all of this, where did music, uh, pop in for you? Cause the band, um, it's atomic fifties, well, right? The atomic fifties. Yeah. I front yeah. that band. Um, well, um, 
you know, it's funny, like my parents were musicians. They had a whole bunch of guitars and trumpets. Um, uh, what else? They had a ukulele. They had some old, like just a bunch of instruments that they ended up selling because one day they asked me, they were pastors at the Salvation Army for a short time. Oh, so okay. they had all these instruments for some reason. And during high school, they're like, do you ever want to learn to play the guitar? And I was like, nah, I don't know. For some reason, I wasn't into it. Um, and so they sold them all. I wish they didn't sell them all. But but it wasn't until <laughs> later until I, met, until I met my then girlfriend, now wife, who was learning guitar. She taught me. I was like, okay, this is cool. She's going to teach me guitar. I learned a few things on guitar. And I was like, okay, I'm going to keep going with this and just doing guitar because nice. it's cool. Um and uh, when we moved up into Kansas City, um, I showed up at this small startup church, and they were a little bit different than what I was familiar with. Um, so they had a band, um, and I was like, oh, I want to get up there. I didn't have a guitar, so I had to borrow a guitar, borrow an amp, sit up, up there the first day, just drenched in sweat because i'd never been on stage before <laughs> you're like oh my and God. um yep and i was on this tiny little box i was i swear i would have fallen off of it at any moment my hands were shaking um but yeah it was through it was through doing worship music and stuff at church that got me more surrounded by other musicians that were really good yeah um in fact, I played and um, I mean, you know, the Borkwins. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah, known Chad them for years and I played. Yeah. I played with them for, for a number of years at, at that, in that um, scenario. Church Those are scenario. great musicians to be around to push you yeah. and, and grow and, you. Um, and they're just good dudes. And, yeah. And, and so everybody in, in the worship band had bands of their own. I'm like, I, I want to do that too. And they were also very good, and they had really good equipment. And I had dumpy equipment, I thought. But I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to prove to you that um, I don't need this fancy stuff. I'm going to do this punk rock, dirty, just like, I'm just going to push it or whatever, and that's going to be my thing. You might not like the, you know, the sound of it, but that's what it's going to be. And so um, – that kind of came from, started growing from there. Um, so I finally like found a couple other people that I would jam with once in a while, but then finally made a band. Um, and it turned out to be easier at the time, just having a two piece. I found a drummer that was just kind of like in my neighborhood. Nice. Um, and I was like, Okay, this seems easier. He's right around the block. I don't have to travel too far for it. Um, and yeah, I'll just do a band. Here's my band. We're going to do this. Um, so it was kind of an extension from visual to more audio. Um, I don't know that I ever thought that I would be, you know, going, pushing that as a career necessarily, but it definitely was something that expanded my creativity or expanded that that um inspiration to do more writing to do more original stuff um musically and just trying things with what i had because mm -hmm. i i eventually got some pretty good guitars but at the time you know it was just like <laughs> this is what i got and we're gonna make this happen so you know i would do gigs once in a while um throughout that time and eventually started doing you know more of the gig scene down in Kansas City area and uh, yeah, um, stuff like that. And also gave me opportunities at those times to do gig posters. So that's true. You know. So it, it all comes full circle. <laughs> so it's like I'd set pretty, up pretty. A, I'd set up a show, get some other bands to come in. I'd do the whole promotion of it, do the do the um, the poster work, um, and have fun with that. That's awesome. Now it's. Yeah. It's cool because in your story, I I hear like this theme of just tenacity 
um, where like even thinking about that teacher who told you, oh, you can't make a living doing visual arts. And you kind of had this drive of like, you know what? I am going to do that. And you found a way to do it. And then even with the music, you know, surrounded by people who are like growing you up in a sense, like, yeah. you know, uh, well, that's not the right term, but like challenging you, but you still were like, I'm going to carve my own path and you wait and see, this is going to be, I love that, that tenacity in there. Is that, um, as far as, is that just kind of a personality like baked in to who you are since you were little, or was that something um, that developed as you were, as you were getting older? Man, I don't know. It might've been a development of getting older. It might've been looking at, you know, just past artists and musicians that you know you know punk rock just you know detroit scene uh, particularly like uh, the white stripes or jack white oh, like i'm a huge jack white fan um, he, um and his uh, a lot of his ideas i was kind of like well i kind of relate to those um ideas of particularly just using what you have yeah to make something back to that art project or different or yeah um you know i mean even when i was on stage it was like most like not one not one gig can go by without something screwing up like something was gonna go right it, it there's a ghost in the machine time. somewhere and it was just kind of like you got to keep going you got to keep going and it was always like you know playing on a tight world block you know tight wire oh a wire um and just kind of fighting the fighting the uh fighting the instruments and you know i don't know if i guess maybe people liked it i mean <laughs> um you get that you get that you get all those more uh endorphins and stuff from shows that excitement from shows so i don't know that You're like that either way i liked it on the back to do that <laughs> You know, I mean, it's been a little while since we've done a show, um, you know, considering the last few years. But right um, after once, you know, you, you do a show, it's like, oh, that was the, that was so awesome. Can't wait to do another show. You're just eager to get that next show coming up. And so I do it look forward to that thing. when we get some shows, maybe, maybe happening in the summer or fall. Yeah, what's nice seeing, I'm also an agent, I book for other artists, and I'm seeing more and more places just gain more confidence. Like, okay, let's do some more shows. Let's really put yep, stuff, because yep. there's there's a season, even back, people got excited, and then back in January, Omicron, or Omicron, or whatever it was, kind of yeah. spiked back up, and people were just canceling shows left and right, because they're just freaking out. Like, if they put money behind this show... Uh, like we could get screwed in the end. So yeah. but I think that confidence is finally coming uh, as things yeah. shift, shift yeah. to more endemic and, and all that. It, it sounds like the, <clears throat> the band fuels some creativity for you um, with you having your own business in the yeah. arts world. What are some of the other things that you do to spark your own creativity to make sure you're still, uh, I guess for, you're still being fed in a creative sense. Yeah. Um, well, I don't, you know, I, I take, I walk a lot. I do. I take a lot of walks. Um, I get away from the screen. Um, nice. I make sure that there's a certain time that I stop in the day. I don't just keep, you know, going. Um, I think those are really important and doing, Doing things that have nothing to do with like actually creating something is often the times that ideas start coming hmm. um, in the space. Giving giving your mind that um, your brain. I mean, your brain needs to take a rest. <laughs> so um, you can't expect it to just keep keep. You know, strangely, it does though at night. Like <laughs> you know. You get those weird ideas that just pop up at two in the morning. But um, that's, you know, doing something other, like, you know, physical. I don't know, mowing the lawn or something or taking walks. Right. Um, that helps. Um, now, just 
it was like in March, my family and I, we went to Disney World. So nice. that was just, that just, that just sparked my inspiration of like, 300 times like just to be around so many different experiences just to be around the stuff just to be around all of it just the details the the story i mean you get so immersed in it up in disney um particularly the uh, galaxy's edge that was a that was a real that was a real treat um but just the details and just the inspiration of that just and it and it's kind of brought me back to what a lot of what my a lot of my passion is on, on just like storytelling or and and putting visuals to those stories and mm. yeah that's amazing so i think i think that answered your question but yeah absolutely well and it's funny in the listeners i i apologize because you're probably gonna hear me talk about this a lot in different it, there's been a lot of times where i've referenced this but uh daniel cole our drummer in the band we've been talking a lot about creativity as we go into the next season of writing and he is he has just driven home this idea of creativity and our creative thoughts and ideas being like children and and how we have to raise them up and care for them like their children and we were talking about the idea of like even my boys uh like one of the best things i think i can do as a dad is take them places to let them experience things you know like even and i I heard that in use like instead of like the creative process it wasn't you like you know in the basement plugging away on something it was you taking your family to disney world and experiencing this which sparked even more ideas and uh yeah that that concept because i'm a i'm a grinder I, I can sit here and say, I'm going to write three songs every day for, I I literally, I did three months one time where it was two songs a day for three months, five days a week and just grind and grind and grind and grind and grind. But what I found was uh, at some point it was like law of diminishing returns, you know? And, uh, that's what he was encouraging us to is like the, the creative process is almost dependent on those things and of you getting out there. Like, I, I think it's interesting your answer for, uh, building creativity is to go mow your lawn because you it's like you have space (laughs) is it space to think for you um or just disengaging with with the work for a minute i think it's maybe the disengagement of it um you know i try to make throughout the day throughout my work day i i try to do like um you know an hour and a half of just sitting down and working and then half an hour of kind of taking a walk, listening to podcasts. I do listen to a lot of podcasts, but taking a walk or going to the store, doing errands or whatever, and then um, coming back and sitting down um, more refreshed. Your eyes aren't tired from looking at the screen. Um, You just have a little bit more, you're not trying to just kind of push through push through getting that idea and just kind of instead giving your brain a little bit room to kind of, I don't remember what it was about that. I know I've heard a lot of, you know, talk and podcasts about, you know, why those great ideas or inspirations come up when you're doing things that are nothing to do with what you're doing. Or right. like you can be in the shower and like, Oh, that's a great it's idea. Like that was it. You, it's- you know, that was it. That's perfect. And you get so excited to get get to that idea, um, but uh, those kind of things help a lot. Definitely the physical, you know, just working out too. Like I should do that, but <laughs> um, doing something other, doing something physical, like uh, organizing the garage or something, or cleaning the garage. Yeah, those that's things, awesome. Those kind of things help. Yeah, and that's my one of the things that's been I. I love working out. It's, it's a big piece of my routine. And, uh, I've been going through the Kanye West. I watch his recent documentary again. I apologize oh, yeah. listeners. I, I have references. <laughs> I've referenced that damn thing in like every podcast for the last oh. like seven episodes or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's, but it's so good. And it caused me to go back and go through his catalog again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I haven't, I haven't listened to it in a very long time. And, but yeah, it's just, I'll, I'll sit there doing cardio and just getting to like 
lean into all the sounds and and all the mm-hmm. the lyrical choices and rhythmic choices it's like it's like oh man yeah sometimes that feels more productive than when i'm just sitting here staring at the screen trying to make something mm-hmm. happen <laughs> yeah. It, th- yeah that inspiration of it um uh, there's there's a lot of listeners like early on um in in like business kind of more in the arts world uh, essentially mm-hmm. like younger musicians with you stepping out you know obviously building your own uh company within the arts what's like one piece of advice you'd give someone who's just getting started in that endeavor to create a creative entrepreneurial business oh man um don't expect things to happen really quickly I mean, it's kind of an endurance process. Um, you're going to, you're going to have to um, fail in things and that's okay, but just, you know, pivot, pivot that <laughs> just, just takes it along the way. Like, I mean, there is, if you're, if you're always, if you're always thinking about trying to do it, like, well, I got to do it the right way. That's going to get the right results. I mean, that, that's good to keep in mind, but you're not, you're not going to get anywhere. If you just kind of like always think about it, like always thinking, well, I don't know enough yet. I don't know. Mm. Um, I still have to read more books. I have to, I have to be an expert at this thing. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely a um, mental shift to understanding that it's definitely, it, it's a process hmm. and it's not going to happen. I mean, I thought that I thought, Oh, I got all these networks and connections. Um, we'll I should be shit up. next week. <laughs> right. And it, and despite all that, it still took a while, but when it did, when it did, when it finally did, it just, all that, all that preparedness that was going on up to that point, it just poop and you're just, you're just getting, things are just kind of happening. Nice. There's always, the, there's always this valley of going, oh crap, there's, is there going to be work up? Oh, and then the next week it's like, oh, hey, we got this, somebody comes up and we're like, we got this project, let's talk. That's awesome. Um, and it, and it's always seemed to happen that way. I have to tr- keep trying to remind myself that. If I just keep, you know, consistently doing the work to get the work, it's going to come. And so it's part of that mindset of like, just, just there's, there's, there's this visual that I'm think that I've seen that's where there's this person that's digging a tunnel or whatever, digging to treasure. And he's just so close to it still. If he would just, dig a little bit more and boom, there it is. So I would say if you're going on that path of, you know, doing your own thing, know that it's a process and it's, an, it's, it's, it's a, it's kind of an endurance thing, but if you keep consistency consistently on that, you'll get it. It'll come. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's, such a critical thing i i often even in the band we talk a lot about just oh yeah patience we okay just breathe it's okay (laughs) and keep moving forward and and the failure that's something i've been thinking about a lot where like the difference between kids learning languages and adults learning languages um it seems like a lot of it has to do with the fact that a kid's willing to sound stupid and just like mumble mumble stuff you know to people and but as adults, we don't want to look stupid. So it's like, if we're willing to like, just try out the language and, and work it and just keep pushing forward, we'd probably pick it up quicker. But it's like, we all become so self-conscious. And, and uh, yeah. so that's uh, taking those risks and being not afraid to yeah. fail. Uh, and, and also and, not afraid to know that you don't know everything. Yes. Yeah, it's a constant <laughs> growing thing. Um, and I used to think that, you know, I had that, fear a lot even in my earlier career um that i wish that i was kind of like i probably would have reduced some of my anxiety um and depression from that of knowing that 
I'm not supposed to know everything. Like it's, it's okay if you don't know how to, you know, do whatever that you're asked to do. Like just go, how do you do that? Okay, cool. And it's just a whole learning thing. Right. Um, That's awesome, man. Well, for the last two questions of the podcast coming from live and create, um, right now in your life, how would you define living a great life? Yeah. Living a great life. Hard one. I know, I know. I think Bob Dylan said it was like, um, if you go to sleep and you wake up and in between time you do what you want, then that's good. <laughs> like that's success or something, a good thing. Um, that's awesome. And I think, I think in a way that's in, in short, that's a short way to say it. I think, you know, living a great life is kind of being able, able to provide for your family, doing something you love to do. Um, and giving time to your loved ones, that's, uh, you know, balancing that, um, and helping, uh, helping other people, like, you know, really helping them get their goals. I think that's, I think that would be living a good life. That's awesome, man. And well, the last one, how would you define creating great things right now? Hmm. Doing great things. Um, probably not creating, not worried about, um, again, not worrying about failing. Um, definitely learning or definitely about um, trying things, but then at the same time, kind of knowing who you are and who you're not like being authentic, being like, you're not, not, you know, knowing you're like, knowing that not everybody's going to like what you do, but you're, you're pretty confident that what you're doing is pretty good and, and not worrying that you're going to get haters and, and whatever. Um, Yeah, I think, I think so. I think that in short, I mean, that's a big question. <laughs> no, I, I love that though. Question. And I, I love specifically the part of what you're not, you know, of it's like the further, further I go in that process, it, it's become. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't want that, to do that. <laughs> yeah. Saving that saves a lot of time. I mean, even throughout my career, it was kind of like, well, um, you know, I'm supposed to do this because that's how it's getting elevating me or that's how it's elevating these people to get to different positions in, in the, in the agency. I'm supposed to do that, but I don't really want to do that, but you know, it kind of made me feel like I was a failure because I was not doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing versus what I really did love to do and would rather be doing right and having that confidence that i could be successful in what i am good at and um love to do and i don't have to worry about those are different people they got their skills and they're doing good there this is my skills i should just be content in that and just strive for that and just you know push through that and and, and if i i wish i did that earlier on too because that would have taken away a lot of anxiety pressure as well absolutely throughout absolutely. the career well let folks know how they can connect with you on the on the illustration and branding side and on music side yeah you can um connect with me on linkedin um will Mackey on linkedin um probably i think it's w m creative arium um, in fact, if you look up WM Creative Arium on Instagram, you'll find me. Um, you'll find me on Facebook with that as well. Um, and then the website, uh, WM Creative Arium, that's without an E. So it's C-R-E-A-T-I-V-A-R-I-U-M.com. Um, and that's where you can find me. I'm on, I'm on Instagram a lot. 
and LinkedIn. Awesome. Yeah, <sighs> out there hustling on LinkedIn. Well, thanks for making the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. This is great. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.